0: listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty.
1: Actually, you just heard from Larry Hardesty. Larry Hardesty was on with you from 7 to 10 p.m. Little musical chairs here tonight. On 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you. With you until midnight tonight. Um, as we are in the halftime of the Giants game. And uh, the Eagles are up right now. Let me, I want to call up that uh, that box score right now. So, uh, again, Eagles are up 10-7 to 7 right now against the Giants. Uh, second half will be starting momentarily. And I will keep you uh, up to speed on all the events that ensue. Um... <laughs> Uh, Teron Davenport is going to be joining us in 30 minutes. Uh, Very lackluster game tonight on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I've got a lot of prop bets that are out there right now, and quite a few have hit, which I'm pretty stoked about. I had an interception for both quarterbacks, both Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones, and those hit. Uh, Receiving yards for uh, Boston Scott at uh, 28 receiving yards. So that has come through for me. Um, I had Carson Wentz scoring a rushing touchdown and the Eagles winning. We'll see how obviously half that bet has, uh, has hit. He had, he did have a rushing touchdown, but we'll see if the Eagles do, uh, end up winning. But where does everything else stand right now? Daniel Jones, seven of 12, 102 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, He's also rushed the ball three times for 12 yards. Devontae Freeman not doing much of anything. Two carries for nine yards for Devontae Freeman. Golden Tate, how about this? 39-yard touchdown pass. Hey now, Golden Tate, welcome to the season. That was actually a prop bet that I lost. I had Golden Tate under, I want to say, was it under his longest uh, reception of 18 and a half yards. So obviously um, I lost that one. Sterling Shepard active. How attractive? I don't know. Two receptions, 36 yards, his longest of 29. And he's been targeted three times. Evan Ingram's been targeted five times. So isn't he lucky? Uh, he's sitting there with three receptions for 31 yards tonight. Dion Lewis fumbled the football in the game. Uh, Blake Martinez, uh, eight tackles so far tonight. So on the defensive side of the ball, he is the defensive stud. For Carson Wentz, 15 to 26. He has 26 passing attempts at the half. Wow. 171 yards and uh, and an interception. But like I said before, he did run one in for a touchdown. Boston Scott, six carries for 21 yards. Huntley, this was a se- secret sneaky good play I felt Huntley was going to get a lot of love not a lot but some love tonight from uh, from Peterson because Peterson liked him so much uh, coming out of the draft the Detroit Lions drafted him in the fifth round and then put him on the the practice squad and uh, the Eagles were able to swoop him up so Jason Huntley two carries for 13 yards uh, so far in the game and uh, Deshaun Jackson one reception for 12 yards Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, one carry for 12 yards. Carson Wentz has rushed the football five times for 11 yards. His over under in rushing yards was 17 and a half. So if we're already at 11th half, that's a really good sign if you took the over in rushing yards for Carson Wentz. Richard Rodgers, who's the starting tight end right now for Philadelphia because uh, they're down both. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. He's been targeted four times, two receptions for 34 yards. Deshaun Jackson, three receptions for 34 yards. He's been targeted five times. Uh, Greg Ward, three receptions for 28 as well. And Fletcher Cox is, uh, is, is, really the, uh, the stud on the defensive side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. So th- those are your stats for you. For all you fantasy football freaks out there, I thought I'd share that with you. So Eagles are up 10, seven and the second half had uh, just started the, uh, the giants went three and out and they had to punt. So now the ball is back in the hands of the Eagles. And as I said, um, I will keep you posted on that score and how that all develops. Uh, but looking at this division, let's, and, and I do want to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776, you want to chime in, let's do it. Let's really dive into this. It, it's really unbelievable to me where where this all stands right now. Uh, because as, as great as some other division, like for example, I, I think we could all be in agreement here that the AFC North has to be the best division in all of the NFL. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting there at five and zero. The Baltimore Ravens are at five and one, and Cleveland is at four and two. Cleveland's taking on Cincinnati's one and four. So Cleveland's taking on Cincinnati this week. I, you know. It, I think I think Cleveland wins. I know that Baker Mayfield is is dealing with some rib issues, but Cincinnati is Cincinnati, and they're in the middle of rebuilding. So I see Cleveland going to five and two. Um, Baltimore is in a bye, so they will stay at five and one. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Tennessee Titans. And let's be honest that that is that is the game of the week, and that's why I have Teron Davenport who's going to be joining us in about, oh, 13 minutes. Um, And he covers the Tennessee Titans, and we'll dive into that matchup because let's be honest, when you look at at the the docket for this week, there's not a lot of games that scream out to you, like, you've got to watch me. Like, this is can't-miss football. But Pittsburgh going up against Tennessee – I mean, the way that Tennessee's been playing, just otherworldly. We're talking about two undefeated, the two remaining undefeated teams in the NFL. Obviously, one team has to leave a loser or a tie. But come on, a tie's like kissing your sister. Um, Carolina at New Orleans. I I, I Actually, I, I like Carolina plus seven and a half this week. But is that a game that, you know, is, is going to excite you. Uh, not really. Let's be honest. Uh, Buffalo, New York. No, I mean, listen, the, the Jets more than likely are going to get their butts handed to them. We'll dive into that matchup um, a little bit more in detail within the next two hours. Dallas at Washington. No. Green Bay at Houston. No. Okay. Seattle at Arizona, which by the way, um, little little change in the scheduling this week for the NFL. The Oakland, well, not the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, got to get used to saying that. The Las Vegas Raiders, their all their offensive line group is, uh, one of their offensive linemen has contracted COVID-19. So now they sent their entire offensive line home today. Now apparently there's other reported cases of COVID-19 that are, that are, that are, are, becoming more and more evident with with the Raiders. So what they did was they moved that Sunday night game to the 4 o'clock game, hoping that it will still get played. And then they took the Seattle-Arizona game, which was previously scheduled for 4 o'clock, and they moved it to the Sunday night game because they want to make sure that there is a Sunday night game and they don't want to take any risks that there won't be a Sunday night game. So that happened. So, and uh, you know, an, another thing that I'm hearing, and let's be honest, you know, we're at a time right now. The past few months, you know, have been pretty positive in in regard to COVID 19 and in the numbers and the rates going down. But that's not the case right now. Okay, uh, winter is here, or at least it's it's on its way. It's around the corner. COVID 19 cases are on the rise certain areas especially if you live in Brooklyn have been shut down so the NFL is planning on more COVID-19 cases being positive and they have put together a a, a game plan where they they potentially could have a week 18 where the week 18 will be for makeup games um Because there's only so much real estate. As as the season progresses, we're already in week seven. As the season progresses, we're going to be in a situation where there's only going to be so much real estate to reschedule games and postpone games. So I truly truly believe, my own two cents, I truly believe that we are going to have a week 18 this season. And that will be a makeup week and the Super Bowl will be moved back whether it's a week or two weeks. And you know what, that's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, and that's a realistic possibility. So that's a, the that's a situation with the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals this week. Kansas City at Denver, okay. San Francisco at New England. You know what, based on the fact that we saw Cam Newton who obviously is still not 100%, 100% after struggling with COVID-19 and that's not, a listen, COVID-19 affects a lot of people a lot of different ways. I've got two very dear friends of mine um, who live here in the Hoboken area uh, who the, the husband um, has contracted COVID-19. I check in with him at least once a week. Hey, thinking about you. How are you doing? What's going on? And, you know, he, he's, he's had it and has recovered for a few months, but still doesn't feel 100% still doesn't feel 100%. Tired, run down. Uh not a lot of energy. Uh, you know, whatever the you know, there's other I I have I I know some other women that have gotten COVID-19. They you know, they they've got hair issues now. Their hair is falling out. Like COVID-19 affects everybody differently. Um you know, not everybody is asymptomatic, whatever the case and and I, I think it's evident that you know, based on the performance that we saw from Cam Newton last week and, and some of the reports that I've read and, and I've I've seen, is that he's still not feeling a hundred percent. So, you know, this game could be very interesting because that's another competitive division. Let's be honest. The Buffalo Bills, they've lost two in a row now. So they're sitting at four and two. Now we know they're gonna go up against the Jets this week. Which very well could be a bloodbath. We will dive into that, like I said, this hour, the next two hours. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are sitting at, um, at three and two, which is really interesting to me. Actually, they're three and three, which is really interesting to me because probably I've already buried the lead, right? One of the biggest storylines is that the Miami Dolphins now are turning. It's Tua time. Tua's gonna be, Tua is going to start in the NFL. And what we've heard, and it's pretty unbelievable because Ryan Fitzpatrick has had two very solid games. And he's 2-0. and The last two weeks have been really impressive from Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. They're sitting second in this division. The Patriots are 2-3. and three. Cam Newton is not 100%. Again, very interested to see how he's going to perform this week against San Francisco. San Francisco continues to get healthier, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But yet the Miami Dolphins, although they're they're doing well and having success with Ryan Fitzpatrick, have decided to go to Tua. It is a bye week for them. So it gives Tua two weeks to get ready for the... Ra- and then Tua's first game is against the Rams. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so very interesting, very interesting what's happening there. And then Jacksonville against the, the, the Chargers. Uh, I, I love Justin Herbert this week, by the way, in fantasy. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I, I love Chicago going up against the Rams. Chicago, I think they're up to plus six right now. That's ridiculous. I am all over that. I am all over Chicago plus six. I might even I might even tease Chicago and I might even take Chicago on the money. I love Chicago this week going up against the Rams. So, all right. Uh, let's do this. So, so I I just want to kind of share with you, like that's the landscape of, you know, what we're heading into in week seven of the NFL season. So there's no, in my opinion, and I would imagine yours as well. You know, you've got two undefeated teams going up against each other. I'm kind of surprised that this is a one o'clock. Like if, 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 you know, the NFL had to change that Sunday night game, the Tampa Vegas game, because the Vegas players now are coming down with COVID-19 man why not make it the pittsburgh steelers tennessee game i don't know I, I maybe maybe because one maybe cuz one team has too many evening games i know you're only allowed to have so many evening games i get that but if there was a, a sunday night game that i think would would really get phenomenal ratings obviously it would be pittsburgh and uh and tennessee that's for sure so uh, but that's not the case. Pittsburgh and Tennessee will be played at one o'clock on Sunday. So eight hundred-nine one nine-three seven seven six. You want to get on the show, now's the time to do so. Uh let's 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 dive in because the Giants are playing right now and, and they're not looking very good. <clears throat> Daniel Jones is just under duress. It, it it's it's really a sad state of affairs. Uh, but let's dive into what's going on with the Jets right now. The latest right now is that Sam Darnold's uh, is 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 limited at practice, but there is feeling and expectation that Sam Darnold is going to start this week against the Bills. So, and, and, and the line right now, by the way, is like thirteen, thirteen and a half in some places. I, I just, I'm curious. I, I want to get a lay of the land. What's your feel? What's your vibe of this matchup? Are you expecting a a, a complete bloodbath? Because that's what I'm expecting. Do you even want, you know, at this, at this stage in the game in the season where the Jets, you know, haven't won a game and the FBI probability of them getting the number one pick is through the roof right now, Like right? Like the, the one team that is favored to get the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Do you even want to see Sam Darnold come back and play? Do you even want to see this Jets team compete and try to beat the Bills this week? Because you are teetering, you are you know it's it's kind of it's an oxymoron. It's it's like it's you don't want you don't want to continue to feed the negative culture of this team in the losing what's the word i'm looking for the 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 losing vibe the losing presence the um it's it's just it's a sad state of affairs and it's very difficult once an organization that that it kind of seeps into um the bowels of the organization in regard to losing yet at the same time if you're a jets fan. How can you not want to make sure that you are going to secure the number one overall pick and either get Trevor Lawrence or if the organization is dead set on being committed to Sam Darnold, you'll get the world for that number one draft pick. It's, I, I know it's got to be tough. And I feel, and here's another thing. I feel like we have this conversation a lot. I feel like each and every year we have this conversation where it's like Jets fans, at this point in, in, in the game, are you rooting for your team to lose? Because you're hoping for the future.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty.
1: All I do
0: is win, 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 no matter what.
2: Money, the Steelers are the best team in football. I'll say that again. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football because half of football is defense, and they give up 18 points a game. That's a defense that last year carried a team to an 8-3 record in any game in which their offense managed 11 points. Ben Roethlisberger scores 11 points before he gets out of bed in the morning. Roethlisberger is back. He looks fine. He's 11 touchdowns and one pick. They've done what they do, which is they've developed a receiver into a superstar in Chase Claypool, plus Juju, plus Washington. They can run it. Their defense is fantastic. They create turnovers. They're opportunistic.
1: That is uh, Mike Greenberg here on 98.70 SPN. Uh, without further ado, Teron Davenport joins us, does an excellent job covering the Tennessee Titans, and uh, this is the premier game this week, 1 o'clock, Tennessee taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Teron, you just heard uh, Greeny talk about how fantastic the Pittsburgh Steelers are. This line opened up and Pittsburgh was favored, and since then, that line has changed now. But um, <laughs> the for for as phenomenal and greeny saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football I find it interesting now the Steelers are getting one so your 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 thoughts on this matchup
3: yeah that shift in points definitely was was interesting to me especially considering there weren't any significant changes personnel wise so i i don't know i guess uh, a lot of money was going the other direction so they had to Adjust it so that way they they don't lose the whole house, you know, on Sunday. Maybe that's what it was. But I think it's a great matchup, and it, it's a matchup of strength against strength. you got the Steelers, who have the number two rushing defense in the league, 66 yards per game. And then you got the Titans, who have the leading rusher in Derrick Henry with 588 yards. So I'm looking forward to watching it. You could even take it a step further with play action. The Titans have found a great deal of success with play action. They've been able to generate some big plays that way. But you look at the Steelers' defense; they're blitzing 60 percent of the times teams use play action. So that's yet another cat and mouse game that that I'll be watching, and there, there are so many of them.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, so many things I want to dive into with you in, in regard to this matchup. But first and foremost, uh, let, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. You know, listen. Mm. You know, Adam Gase used to be his his head coach in Miami. Um, when you look around the league and you look at, at players, Robbie Anderson, uh, okay, serviceable here in New York, blown it up in Carolina. Ryan Tannehill in Miami, not great. Now, a lot of people feel is in the running for MVP this year in Tennessee. What What do you feel has been the biggest difference for him and why he is shining in Tennessee now in his career?
3: Well, the best coaches, they specialize in putting their players in position to make plays. That's really the bottom line. If you look at all the top quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, you got Eric Bienemy and Andy Reid. You look at Lamar Jackson, you got um, – Uh, name name slipped my mind, Um, uh, Roman, Greg Roman. So anytime you have a top quarterback, there's always a play caller that's connected with him, Drew Brees, Sean Payton. And I think what you have in Tennessee is the perfect marriage of play caller and quarterback. And there are just different things that Arthur Smith is able to set up for Tannehill. And you see Tannehill just so comfortable in the offense and it always gets overlooked all, all these guys at this level they have talent but the fact that the mental side of it has to be right too gets overlooked and that's what you have with Tannehill. he feels supremely confident that he's going to make different throws so when it's a tight window and he has to fit it between three defenders He's not going to hesitate. He's going to let it rip because he feels that he could get it to that receiver no matter how many uh, defenders are around him. And, and that's what you see from Tannehill, just decisiveness. You, you see just on-point passing, keeping everything on schedule, and trusting his guys to make plays. And, and you see that each and every week. And then the red zone. I, I mean, my goodness. This guy has been ultra-effective in the red zone. I asked Mike Tomlin about that, and he said, obviously – Derrick Henry is a factor, but the rushing goes beyond just Henry. When you have a quarterback that is mobile and, and that could get yards running as well, that, that really is a factor. You look at the game against the Bills, he scrambled. He attacked the line of scrimmage and pulled that defender up. And when that defender came off of John Smith to because of the threat that Tannehill had to run, he just dumped it over him. A quick and easy seven yard touchdown and that's the the thing that that Hill brings to the table and it's fun to watch and they are on the same page he and
1: arthur smith um they they have been you know it's really interesting Teron, because it's like a fun team to watch because they were a very unexpected team like full disclosure um you know i i had the colts winning that division you know what i mean like and 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 no disrespect for the Tennessee Titans because we saw just you know how good they were last year, but I thought with the addition of Philip Rivers and coming in, I I felt that they had you know an above average offensive line, and I know they've had a lot of injuries to the wide receiving core. I really like Michael Pittman Jr. coming out of college, but nonetheless, yeah. um you know the Tennessee like Tennessee to me it just feels like a team like you can get behind you can cheer for and root for, you know what I mean? It's like a very feel good team. Um. You know, now I I know that they've suffered some injuries uh, in in a specific. They just lost a tackle, and and I think that you know there there are a number of people that are now on. And and beyond the fact that Pittsburgh's getting a point, I think because of the injury, uh, the injuries to the offensive line, people are now kind of leaning more towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. How significant is that injury to the offensive line um, that you feel is going to have a role in this game?
3: Well, it's major. When you lose your best offensive lineman, it's always a tough thing to overcome, but I think it goes back to scheme and Arthur Smith has done such a good job scheming things up. I would imagine that you're going to see more of the short passing game. They trust that Tyson Bregolo will be solid as far as stepping in to not take the place or replace him, but stepping in that spot that is vacated now with Lawan being out. So it, it's tough, though, because Lewan is a guy that brings the energy, and and that's so much more needed in this day and age when you don't have a, a full-capacity stadium and you, you're not having the uh, fans to to give you energy, to energize from. You need somebody to be that rah-rah guy, and that's that's who Lewan has been for him. So missing him is more than just on the field.
1: You know, and again, Teron Davenport joining us here on 98.7 ESPN uh, covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN. I, I felt like, um, you know, after the whole COVID-19 situation happened, I, I felt in watching this team, and of course we heard some of the players talk to the media on the sideline, uh, that there was like a, it's like a chip on the shoulder. Like, it's the world against mm-hmm. us because we didn't follow the protocol. You know, has that given this team? Has that given the Titans kind of like not a new new lease on life, but but added extra motivation, um, in in in, you know, kind of their vibe and their energy because of how all that transpired because of the COVID nineteen and how they handled it.
3: Yeah, I I think it has. It it did for that Buffalo game. It's kind of worn off now, but. At that point, they definitely were upset that people jumped to conclusions like as if they were out there purposely trying to get COVID and bring it back to the facility. And it, it's something that multiple guys took note of. Uh, that's what Kevin Byers said. He he took note, and you know, it, it's something that they stored in their memory banks. Ryan Tannehill spoke about that before and after the game. So make no mistake about it, it gave them just – something to dial in and and it just really allowed them to focus a little bit more and and just get a bit more of an edge, but it's kind of worn off now. And and they're just looking at it like their goal is to be six and all. That's really the the only thing that they're worried about. Whatever anybody has has said at at this point, it's just like it's water under the bridge. They're not concerned about it. They're just looking to go to the next game. and, and, And after that, go to the one after that that's, that's really their mindset
1: give give me a negative on this on this Titans team like like and and just to show I was playing golf this week with a mm. friend of mine who's pretty connected in the NFL and we were talking I mean obviously I think everybody's talking about this matchup because it's the premier matchup this week in the NFL yeah. and he had made a comment like you know there's some issues on that wide receiving core because they're divas well you know what wide receiver isn't a diva mm. that was my response to him are there any red flags on this Tennessee Titans team for you right now?
3: As far as the receiving core, most definitely not. They are far from divas. I, A.J. Brown will, will give the persona that, that he's a diva, right, with the the Dolce & Gabbana glasses and the different <laughs> things, that he the snakeskin suits and those type of things. I got on him about that. I told him, don't do that again. But you know those those things that I can see you say saying a guy is a, is a diva, but you know the receiver core is solid. They're they're good to go. Uh, red flags. The only red flags that I would say are on defense. Uh, third downs. They are, are are really struggling to get off the field on third downs, and that's something that they have to fix, especially against an offense like what the Steelers have. That you know they put up points and, and they will move the ball down the field, and if you don't get off the the field on third downs, next thing you know, your defense will be on the field for more than half the game. You can't have that. So that's definitely an area they need to be able to get sacks, right? They have to finish. They're getting pressure on the quarterback, and they're having impactful plays, but they're not finishing. And that's something that, that they need to be able to do to force more third and longs and more likely pass rushing situations for the guys up front because they have a really nice NASCAR package. And it's funny I mentioned NASCAR package on New York Airways because that's kind of where it started with Strahan and 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 those guys. And now you're seeing the Titans do it with Clowney and Jeffrey Simmons on the inside and then Harold Landry and Vic Beasley coming off the edge. So those are some things that they have to clean up if they want to take it to the next level and, and compete with teams like the Ravens, like the Chiefs, like the Steelers this week
1: great stuff Tron. really appreciate your time this evening thank you so much enjoy the game this week
3: no problem thank you for having me on and i'll definitely enjoy it you enjoy it as well because it's uh it's gonna be must watch tv that's for sure
0: this is espn new york tonight this is espn new york tonight
1: new york tonight anita marks in for larry hardesty larry was on earlier tonight from 7 to 10 p.m so little musical chairs here Hour two jordan renan is going to join us after the giants game which by the way the giants are up 21 to 10 against the philadelphia eagles daniel jones 179 passing yards two touchdowns one interception and he's also rushed for 94, 92 yards Hes rushed four, he's rushed four times for 92 yards. Devante Freeman, no bueno. Three carries for eight yards. Uh, Wayne Gallman, six carries for, uh, for, for seven yards. So it's a total so <laughs> the Giants this, this game is just so weird. Uh, the Giants have rushed for a total of 133 years, but 133 yards. But Daniel Jones has 92 of those 133. Yeah, figure that out. Uh, Sterling Shepard just scored a touchdown. He has six receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown tonight. He's been targeted eight times. So obviously a big part of the game plan. Golden Tate has a touchdown. He was targeted once. That was 39 yards, and that was the score. Evan Ingram tar- targeted seven times. He's got five receptions for 38. That seems to be the story of his life. If you have him in fantasy, no bueno. Darius Slayton targeted four times, two for 23, but... Uh, going into this uh, we anticipated that Darius slay would be shadowing him so that line is no surprise to me at all dion lewis fumbled the ball uh, once and that's kind of the storyline for the giants right now is again they are up 11 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz has been struggling. 20 of 36, 238 passing yards, one interception, no touchdowns. That's really, I mean, so, and especially in this last drive here, uh, the defense just seemed tired, spent, gassed. Why? I'm actually, I'm going to pull up, I'm I'm curious, time of possession, uh, team stats. So, let's look at, time of possession here it's a really uh, so (laughs) so the Eagles actually this is this is this is such a bizarre game so the Eagles actually at (laughs) lead more in the time of possession with 30 minutes as opposed to the Giants with 24 but yet the Giants are up 21 10 and that Eagles defense looked spent to say the least in that last drive as I said, Carson Wentz, 238 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Boston Scott, nine carries for 24 yards. Really, Eagles not doing much in, in the rushing game. Uh, Carson Wentz was just sacked again. <clears throat> uh, receivers, Travis Fulgham, if you picked him up on your waiver wire, good for you. 11 targets. Five receptions, 73 yards, but unfortunately has not found the end zone. Richard Rodgers, 44 yards. Greg Ward, 39. Deshaun Johnson, three receptions for 34 yards. His over-under in receptions was two and a half. That was my best bet tonight. And sure enough, uh, he hit that. I think he hit that at the half, actually. So uh, Deshaun Jackson has not gotten any action (laughs) uh, this second half. So, uh, again, I I will keep you up to speed on – on, on how this outcome results. But as of right now, I, I, I think it's kind of evident uh, the Eagles are not able to do much offensively um, and defensively. The Giants are just scoring at will. So we'll see what happens. 800 is the phone number. That's how you get on board. Uh, let's talk some fantasy football. If you've got some fantasy football questions, uh, some of the big storylines, and that is it's two at time in Miami. Very interesting that the Miami Dolphins have decided to go to Tua at this point because Ryan Fitzpatrick actually has been playing quite well this season, especially the last two games. And it's like the Miami Dolphins are are, are out um, of the equation in in the AFC East. You've got a Bills team that just lost two in a row. You've got Cam Newton who if you watch last game is still, you know, experiencing you know, the issues from COVID-19. And even Ryan Fitzpatrick came out this week and said that, you know, he was shocked and and somewhat hurt and frustrated and upset about Tua being appointed the starting quarterback moving forward. Now, again, they're on a bye week. He'll have two weeks to prepare, but the first game will be against the the Rams. It's not going to be an easy matchup. That's for sure. Uh, Let's go to our phone lines. Patrick in Woodbridge, you're up. Welcome in.
4: Hey, Anita. Good evening. How are you today?
1: All right. Welcome in.
4: So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about it right away. I, I mean, I wanted to talk to you as well. I wanted to see – I know you're a Dolphins fan, so, so I just wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, the offense is pretty explosive. Obviously, they, they took to a high for a reason. He's got some athletic ability, so he can scramble, get some rushing yards there too. I mean, do you think his fantasy output is going to be greater than, less than or equal to what we got from Fitzpatrick so far?
1: You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I host a digital show on, on Thursday nights, and I had Armando Salguero on, who's who's covered the Dolphins for several years. And, you know, I, I, I asked him a ton of questions, Patrick. Like, why now? Why is this happening? Is it because Tua is, like, otherworldly at practice? Apparently a lot of the Dolphins players are saying that he's improved immensely at practice. I don't doubt that but why Mm -hmm. is there pressure? Is there pressure from ownership to start him because Justin Herbert's doing so well, like, like this, this move. The the only thing that makes sense is that it's happening during a bye week So now you give him two weeks to really prepare for the Rams, right? Like that's the only thing that makes sense. It's not like this team has been Mm. struggling. Fitzpatrick's been playing well the past two games. Dolphins have gone two and oh, like it just doesn't make sense. Um, and not Armando totally. said, Armando said that Tua is good, not great. You know, based on the practices that the media have been able to sit in and watch, Tua's looked okay, not sensational. So, Patrick, I don't know. You know, I, I picked, I picked Tua up. I, I'm in nine fantasy leagues. I picked Tua up in two oh, of my okay. nine. Um, okay. Just because yeah, I had, I just actually, because, I... just because I had room and I had space on my bench um and and i'm just gonna see right, how this plays right, yeah. i'm just gonna i'm just to see how this plays out this is i'm gonna see how it plays out i'm, I'm yeah
4: i i agree you know i'm kind of thinking the same there i i actually i picked them up in two leagues myself and both leagues i now i have question marks at, at quarterback and everywhere else is it, somewhat solid and unless you have one you know one of those type top guys I, you know i don't have to tell you you know better than anybody you know it's really tough to kind of find separation and Points among all those other quarterbacks. So, you know, I was hoping Tua can, you know, give me a little charge there. But uh, but thanks, Anita. Yeah, I was just wondering because that wide receiving court, it's pretty explosive. So I'm hoping he can, you know, pick up the slack and maybe be a difference maker in fantasy, you know?
1: Yeah, I, Patrick, I hear you. And thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. I, you know, it's, it, you know, like, so for example, like, I dropped Cam Akers for Tua. And I want to say, like, in, in another league, Because Cam Akers just has not been doing much. And then in another league, I want to say I've got, like, um, I've I've got, uh, is it Higby? I think I've got Higby at the tight end position who's doing well for the Rams. And I had uh, Trey Burton. Uh, And I'm just, I I just, two tight ends, somewhat of a waste. So I dropped Trey Burton. And I picked up two. So I picked up two in two of my leagues. Why not? I mean, you know, see, see what, see what can happen here. Right. See what can happen here. Let's go to Brett in New York. Brett, you're up.
2: Um, okay. How how are you doing? Hi. Um, so I'm in an eight man league. Um, I have a very strong team. However, to get, um, Chris Carson, I packaged Mark Andrews in a trade. Um, it's half PPR. Um, and, I'm now stuck with Robert Tanyan, who I figured could be a viable replacement for Mark Andrews. Um, do you have any suggestions about what I should do? Because I don't feel comfortable having Tanyan as my starter.
1: Right. Um. Uh, I'm. I'm. That's that's t- so so. Let me so you. Tr- who you traded Chris Carson
2: and who? So I traded. Um Mark Andrews, Odell, and Mixon, Joe Mixon for Amari Cooper, Chris Carson, and Zach Ertz. And I wasn't really caring about Zach Ertz. I really needed a, an RB two, so I just wanted Carson and right. Cooper to help me out. Um and basically now I'm stuck with Tanya at my tight end position. Um and so- the waiver wire is left to like Eric Ebron. Hayden Hurst, Jerry. Is Darren
1: Fells is Darren Fells there?
2: He is there. He is there.
1: Um I I actually I like Tanyan this week. By the way, I, I know that he didn't practice today, and I know that's a big red flag and, and that's gotta be a concern. Um but you know, I, I think Fells against Green Bay could be a sneaky good play. Um as of right now, that's—I mean, that's—that's that's really it. Like, yeah, no, I'm just,
2: that's what I was thinking.
1: It, it's just—it's not, it's, not many. It—I know it's tough. It really is. I mean, is Trey? Let me is Trey, I, I know. So the Colts are on a buy, but is so is Trey Burton available?
2: I do. Let me check. Yeah, Trey Burton is available.
1: Then, then this is what I would do if I were you. Like, what's your, what's your record right now?
2: I'm two and four because I had McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. I traded them away in a huge package that included Dalvin Cook. Um I'm two and four right now. I have an easy matchup this week.
1: So so what I would do what I would do if I were you because you if you're two and four you can't afford another loss. Exactly. Um, so what I would do is I would pick up I would drop Tanyan and I would pick up Burton and do you do you have another? Do you have Tanya is your only tight end?
2: I have Ertz on IR now.
1: Okay, because because here here's and, and however you can figure this out, I would play Fells this week. Okay, but I would somehow on your roster find out find a way that you could pick up Burton, Trey Burton okay. before next Wednesday because. If he's available now, I would grab him and I would stash him on your roster, um, and not try to fight for him. Come Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Does it make sense?
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Okay, awesome. All right, thank all you. All right,
1: all right. Good luck, Brett. Uh, let's go to Pedro calling in from the car. Pedro, welcome in.
4: Hey, what's going on, Anita?
1: Good evening.
3: Good evening, young lady. Um. <laughs> I have a quick question. I got a trade pending right now, and I want to see what you think about it. Okay, I'm trading away Lockett and Mike Davis for Julio Jones. What you think about that?
1: I don't like it because Julio is is has not been able to stay healthy all year, and I, I I've got some major concerns about him. His hamstring, his hamstring is just not right. Um, okay. So I, I would not want Julio. In fact, I would be trying to trade Julio than get Julio.
2: I was just a little bit worried because
3: Lockett, right now, it looks like Metcalf is literally the guy in Seattle. And the rumor of of them trying to go after AB looks like it could be a possibility. So I'm kind of trading high, you know?
1: Yeah, but I, I would, I would, I would aim for somebody who's, I'd aim for somebody who's not as injury prone. I don't
3: know. I think I mean after the bye, I think he's gonna be okay. You know, maybe he has his hamstring right now, but
2: he has another week. Then he has that bye week.
1: Pedro it sounds, it sounds. It sounds. Sounds to me like you are trying to talk yourself into this trade, and I'm not. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and try to talk you out of it. All I'm done. Tell- all I'm telling you, and thank you for your phone call, Pedro. All I'm, all I'm telling you is that I would not, I would not trade for Julio Jones. Um, it, it's an Atlanta Falcons team. That's going nowhere fast. And he's got some major health issues. And so for a player who's been in the league, as long as he has, I don't know if it would be advantageous, especially uh, when the Atlanta Falcons get to a point where there's no playoff aspirations. Um, you, you have to be concerned that they will eventually shut Julio Jones down. And, and so that's something else that you have to be concerned about. Um, if you're looking to try to trade high, like I would go after somebody like Kenny Galladay, for example. Or, um, Robbie, even, I mean, Robbie Anderson, um, Keenan Allen, uh, if, if of course his back issue is nothing serious, those, those would be the wide receivers that I would try to aim for.
0: You are listening to the ESPN New York tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: I need a Markson for Larry Hardesty tonight. Uh, Giants lose 21-22. Thank you, Daniel Jones. Another turnover, another fumble. Uh, Jordan Renan joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan, uh, welcome in. How you doing?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I mean, what can you say? You just watched that. I mean, that was special. I mean, yeah, that's, that's all I could say. In a very, very, very bad way, to lose that game for the New York Giants <laughs>
1: You know, you know. Here, here's the here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. The the second the second half to me was really impressive. I, I mean, listen, this is an Eagles team that put thirty points up against the Ravens and the Steelers. So now I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm saying, What wow, hey, Giants defense showed up tonight. This is, I mean, this is this is good. Daniel Jones and this offense. Granted, Evan Ingram. You know, could he be reached a little bit further? Was the ball a little bit further overthrown than it needed? Whatever the, you know, whatever you, you want to argue. It.
5: I mean, are we, uh, you gotta catch that ball. That ball was like perfectly in his hand. I—I I, I don't even know what to say about that.
1: Daniel Jones stumbling over his own two feet. Yeah, that's going to be played on a loop tomorrow.
5: Yeah, that's a meme. That—that that was funny, but it ultimately they got in the end zone, and then they, that would have been a good like, haha. They, you know, Daniel Jones fell even, you know, by himself play, but, you know, they won, and they still scored on that drive a few plays later, but then, like, it just all fell apart. That 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 play by Evan Ingram is just, like, uh, basically exemplifies their season right here, and really the last three or four years. That that play, you got to catch the ball. The game was over. Daniel Jones put it right on him. Uh, this team, like you said, there was a lot to, like, in that second half, they did it. They, they basically had won the game, right? They had game one. And then to fall apart like that is just, let's be honest with you, that's what bad teams do. And this is a bad team. They have been for years
1: now. So Daniel Jones fumbling the ball at the end of the game. Here, here, here's the thing, and, and I, I said this before we went to a break, and I, I steal this phrase from Michael Lombardi, who I have immense respect for. And he has this term called the crib factor. And what that is, is something that you are born with. You can't teach it. You can't learn it. You could stay at the facility. First one there, last one to leave. It doesn't matter. There are certain things that are, you know, Tom Brady has certain elements that are crib factors. He's just born with certain things like hash, like we're, we're told like eyes in the back of your head, it's evident. And we see it time and time again, Jordan. Daniel doesn't have that. He doesn't have pocket awareness. He just doesn't have it. And that has to be a huge concern for this Giants organization right now. It's a, it's, he's constantly turning the ball over when this team has an opportunity to come from behind and win football games.
5: Can I say this about that, Anita? Well, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, they pick up a holding penalty on their first play on the final drive. They essentially need to go 50 yards in. There's 30 seconds left in the game with no timeouts. They're pretty much screwed at that point. I like. I'm not gonna sit here and harp on that. In my opinion, this week, like he did enough to win this game. Like I, I look and I agree, the pocket presence is still something that that kind of gets you, but. He did enough in this game. He had the big third down, two-plus minutes left. Evan Ingram is going down the left sideline. They they call, I give Jason Garrett credit, he calls the perfect play, has some guts to throw the ball downfield, and really Evan Ingram should be still running in through the end zone and celebrating. And Daniel Jones made that throw. So I'm not going to, this to me isn't the week. And like I said, I probably don't disagree with you long-term about the pocket presence part of it. I'm not sure it's, it's there to the point where he's going to be that top-end quarterback that you want. But today, tonight, in my opinion, he, may, he did enough to win this game. Uh, he did it with his legs, and he made the throw that he needed to make. At the end, when you need 50 yards with 30 seconds with no timeouts, you're pretty much done. So I'm not, I'm not going to harp on that one this week. That's, that's not the thing that, if I'm the Giants, and I have a hard time sleeping tonight. That I'm thinking about.
1: So, looking at this division now, the Eagles are at the top of the division at uh, at two and four and one. <laughs> um, now they have a lengthy they have a lengthy time they have a lengthy lengthy time out, uh, and then their next game is against the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys, they have a very interesting game against Washington. I have Washington, you know, based on what Jane Slater from the NFL Network is is reporting, and I text with her today. She, she flat out told me on a text message that the, the Dallas Cowboys are quote-unquote broke. That's what she said. They are broke. So I have Washington winning that. And then the Giants next game is I just pulled this up. Who are they facing next? Oh, the Buccaneers. Yeah, good they luck with that. They play
5: Bucks on Monday night.
1: Yeah, oh
5: god. Don't like their chances. Don't like their chances. Hey, and here's so, what I'll say. It's unbelievable because the Giants for all that I don't think they're a very good team. And even on a night like this, they still, you know, have trouble scoring a lot of scoring points in today's NFL. Uh, they should be in the middle of this division race. This division stinks. But instead, they proved one thing, that they're just still not at the level of the Cowboys and the Eagles, even when the Cowboys and Eagles are not good. Stink. They stink. Uh, let- that was being nice. I said not good. Hey, Think about this, Anita. They lost 15 straight to the Cowboys and the Eagles now combined. 15 straight. And here's why Shut- I like the Eagles to win that division, and you saw that there at the end. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz, you saw it tonight, everything that that you want to complain about him and everything that's good about him. But in the end, of, at the end of the day, to me, the best quarterback in the division is still Carson Wentz right now. Because the, the Cowboys are playing with Andy Dalton, the Giants have Daniel Jones and the red the Washington football team. I almost said the full R word has whoever they're going to start Kyle Allen or whatever. Right. So to me still gives the Eagles the advantage. And I'd be surprised if they didn't win this division at this point, because, They have Carson Wentz, and he's a pretty good player in the NFL. And he could do stuff like that and win you games because he's Carson Wentz. And think about it. He did it again without Miles Sanders. Deshaun Jackson wasn't in the game anymore. It looks like he's probably going to be out again, right? And Lane Johnson wasn't in the game. And guess what? When it came down to money time, he took his team twice, drove them right down the field like it was nothing.
1: I think what's going to happen really quick. I think what's going to happen with the Eagles. I think they're going to try to trade Zach Ertz and now Sean Jeffrey before the trade deadline and bring in some offensive line help. And I think, uh, I think they're really happy with their offensive core. Um, they're going to get some guys back that are going to be healthy. Hey. And, and, and Dallas Goddard is going to come back and be their lead tight end before I let you go. Cause I'm going to get to some calls and I'm sure you have to get into the locker room. Hey, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. If, if, it, just by chance, if the Giants have the number one over, the Jets actually win two games, and the Giants have the yeah. number one overall pick, is that a no-brainer?
5: Yes, it is. I mean, let's think about ceiling with these guys. I mean, one's you know you're hoping is a good quarterback, and the other one people are saying is the best prospect. It's Andrew Luck, he's John Elway, you know, type prospect. And if the bottom line is, if the Giants are in that situation. That says everything, you know. It means that Daniel Jones did not play especially well this year. So you still have major questions about him. And maybe he is the guy, but I, you can't pass up on a talent like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, talk to people around the league. You do this. He is legitimately uh, one of the top prospects of the last decade, two decades, whatever, however long you want to stretch if you consider it He's considered that good.
1: Jordan, thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. I appreciate it. Um, and I, I know you got to get to the Joe Judge press conference. So yeah, uh, I got so it. Thank, Thanks, you. thank you. I'll thank you. Thank you. Jordan Renan does a great job covering the Giants for ESPN. Make sure you follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, he'll be um, covering the Joe Judge press conference. And uh, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of content on his uh, Twitter site as well. Let's go to Charlie in Woodside. Charlie, welcome in.
4: Tenet. Uh, hey, hey, I need, uh, good, uh, good evening. Uh, good evening. Sorry, sorry about that. Well, I am so ticked off, and and stop calling him Daniel Jones, Danny Dunn, whatever. He is Punk Jones, Punk. Ever, the first, like, ever start. I've been calling that because may he make some rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. i not, not forget about this. Forget about rookie mistake. College mistake. No, no. Forget about it. high school mistake. This dude does not wear a pocket awareness. Take off the two plate. Please take out the two plays, the run, and that was an embarrassment. Too, that was an embarrassment. Slipped, and the touchdown pass take the two away. I mean, pedestrian. He's garbage, and I'm so done with it. He's heading towards bust. He's heading towards bust. And what if, I, I think the Giants should be just lose the rest of the game and get Trevor Lawrence because the Giants' future not with his quarterback. Heck, no. I mean, what? Two more turnovers? He handed those 30 turnovers. I mean, I'm done with this. I'm done with this, punk.
1: Charlie, thanks for the phone call. Let's go to Scott. Scott, welcome in.
5: Hi, Anita. Um, Hi. Just completely 100% disagree about your assessment about the game that uh, that fumble at the end of the game was interval in the game. Even if he doesn't fumble a ball, he gets back there it's, Thirty-five seconds left. He's got sixty yards to go, or something like that. The yeah, but,
1: but Scott. Is, but Scott. Here's the thing. On, and on, and on, please don't. No, no, don't hang up. I, I want to have a conversation I'm with you. It, it's, I, it's, you. it's, it's, it's because there is a history there. It, it'd be one thing if, like, oh, you know what? That that just that stinks. You know, it, you know, bad luck. Oh, that's horrible. But there, no, but Scott, there there is a history here of him constantly fumbling the ball and throwing interceptions, especially. Crucial times in the fourth quarter. There is a history here. I understand
5: here. that. I understand that. I'm not debating that. But in this game tonight, the defense led up 14 points in the last two and a half minutes of the game, 130 yards total in their drives. Evan Ingram catches that ball. The game's over. You know, he got stuck with no timeouts left on the 20-yard line and fumbled the ball. They had no chance of getting at the field goal range. They zero chance.
4: That game was not lost because he fumbled the ball. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm, sorry. I, I,
1: didn't, I didn't say, Scott, I didn't say, I didn't say that the only reason I appreciate your phone call and I appreciate your passion for Daniel Jones. Listen, I, I, didn't, I didn't say that the game was lost because of, of Daniel Jones. My point is there is a history here of him turning the ball over. You could gamble on it. And I did tonight, and I won money you can gamble, in fact, the odds were that Danny was going to throw an interception at minus 160. That's a lot of juice. I still put the 160 up to win $100. You know why? Because I knew he was gonna turn the ball over. That's my point. I don't don't feel, and, and, and again, this is based on conversations I've had with very dear friends who are big giants fans who don't believe that if the Giants have the number one pick, should be in the market or consider Trevor Lawrence. I think I think that is so wrong. And I know that it is a small sample size, but based on what we've seen from Danny Jones, I am not sold. And as we just have Jordan Renan on, scouts that I have immense respect for general, Ma- There are a number of people who've been covering the NFL and scouting the NFL for several years that are comparing Trevor Lawrence to John Elway and Andrew Luck. (laughs) Based on the reoccurring turnover rate that you see from Daniel Jones, how can you dismiss, if you're a Giants fan, the opportunity of getting a Trevor Lawrence? And here are the games coming up, okay? Okay the Bucs, at Washington, the Eagles again, at Cincinnati, at Seattle, the Cardinals, the Browns, at the Ravens, and then again at the Cowboys. I think the Giants will be lucky if they win two more games. So it, it, it is a possibility. It is a possibility that they could be in the running for Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think that that's something that should be dismissed. That's my point.